Um, first, I do want to I do want to ask you, how was your week in the gym? Dude, it's been good. It's been really good. I've struggled right for the past couple of years, and um, I, I was starting to get like things were starting to come around at the beginning of the year, and I got this terrible tennis elbow. It literally debilitated me right before the trip to Vancouver, so I was unable to train the way I wanted to there. But I was kind of inspired, man. You know, oh, you got Jed with you there? Oh, well, there's Jed. What's up, Jed? I was kind of inspired. Oh, your mic went out. I just uh, uh, muted it while I was picking him up. Gotcha. I was inspired. So, you know, one of our big things that we always talk about is the value of training to failure. Um, <laughs> I haven't been able to train to failure the way I've wanted to since I've been recovering from getting sick a couple of years ago. I, it just, yeah. it, it tears me down. It's too hard for me to recover from. Um, anyway, um, I, but I love training. So I'm discovering that if I can do like a literal two, three reps in reserve, I can stay on the bus and keep riding it um, day after day. So it's kind of weird right. to get used to. But then we just had... Um, a guest on recently who was talking about, you know, basically doing that, that same type thing. Um, and, and he's a guy who's getting older and he was saying that, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's not able to, he doesn't want to do like DC anymore and he's still doing really well, uh, without going to failure. So it's something I'm kind of exploring now. So I'm loving it, man. And I'm feeling really good and I think I'm gaining some muscle back. So anyway, that's the long, the long explanation. Yeah, that's 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 good to hear. And I guess uh, coming off of that, um, I'm sort of no, I'm sort of like I mean I'm doing certain things right. Like I'm not doing as many forced reps as I used to. Like I I'm yeah. doing a lot more sets where I just kind of like hit the fail rep and then rack it. Yeah, I'm doing a lot more sets like that, and like I still looked. Ex- the same like I still look the same like you know what I mean there's that little bit of you know they say it's easier to keep muscle than build it obviously right and 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 um and I think you know a lot of older guys maybe they're they're worried about letting off the gas at all but maybe there's a a time when it's actually like preservational like obviously it's logical to think that it would be at some being able to stay in the gym versus getting hurt you know you can't yeah so I, I still am a big fan and a big proponent of going to failure. I think that oh, yeah. you have to figure that out. And I think it's a valuable tool. You know, if you, like we, like we've talked about, if you don't understand what failure is, then your reps in reserve, two or three reps in reserve is probably like, you know, seven. So, you know, there is that. Hey, have you seen any science at all? I know you, you've got those other, the other podcasts you do. So have you interviewed anybody or seen any science at all on, whether there's a significant, like, well, not even significant, but whether there's a metabolic difference, like how much is the metabolic difference from a bodybuilding workout where you where you have like one rep in reserve the whole time or two reps in reserve the whole time versus the same bodybuilding workout where you hit failure? I is don't know. Like, like, I can't quote a you study. Know what I mean, you know, Scott would probably right. Scott Stevenson would be able to pull studies up. I think right. there's you arguments know. for both sides, but I think the critical thing is is what does one rep in a reserve mean? You know, yeah. like your definition or a new guy who just started training. So 
I think that, that that's really what it comes down to. First, figure out what failure means. And then from there, I will say this. So Scott and I just did a podcast about effective reps. And so when we first start training, a lot of the reps we do are effective. But after you've been in the gym for five years, you know, you, you it might only be that last few reps that are effective reps. So, yeah, you know, what are you leaving on the table is my question if you're in a position where you are trying to put on a guy like Tommy Styles, who's trying to grow as much muscle as possible right now, you know, right. what, it, what, it, what is he leaving on the table if he were to say, all right, guys, I'm going to go three reps in reserve on everything, you know? Yeah, it's it's still hard. I, I still think like I put up a post the other day, like if you truly want to get in condition. Yeah. You know, you have to train as hard as you can. Like I just think most people do. And uh, I was just really surprised how much traction it got. Like, yeah. It got like a ton of shares, which is like not normal, right? And, <laughs> you know, when something gets like an abnormal number of shares, you really notice it. You're like, oh, wow, this one's getting like, you know, 30, 40, whatever shares, right? Yeah. So, um, and it was just about how like I see too many people, they're, they're sticking to their diet and they're doing their hour cardio. But when they're in the gym, their workouts like, it's like they never really learned how to train and they're already competing, you know, and they ever and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I can't quite get in shape. Um, and then there's a lot of people, obviously, that have all the, all the talent in the world and they never really trained that hard. So they eventually hit, hit a ceiling where they hit like a level of competition that they're they're now right. having a hard time with. And but I just said, you know, like how you train, like I just I'm so convinced that training really hard is the biggest metabolic driver, you know? Absolutely. It's, it's like, you know, that lay on the couch and burn calories. That's why I'm so confident with not, like I don't prescribe tons of cardio for people. I use like calorie deficits most. I mean, I use cardio, but, you know, I just, I'm not a two hour a day guy at all. Like I don't do that to people because I just take food away. Like I'm a yeah. believer in the deficit. If you're just in a true deficit and some people think they burn more calories than they do, Right. <laughs> some people are like oh i'm at a giant deficit and i'm like no you need to pull like 400 calories yeah and really get lean you know yeah i think sometimes people so, can freak out when they see what it really takes to get shredded because on paper yeah. it looks nasty you know what i'm saying yeah like i've i've had lots of people message me they're like hey uh just letting you know that i'm on less than 2,000 calories <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh i know <laughs> I was two. I was I was two hundred and sixty pounds and on two thousand calories at some point. Yeah, doing all car all protein days and stuff like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just to like try to cinch on the glutes. Yeah, you know all the shit we did. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Some people just you know, I mean I'm glad people are paying paying attention to the numbers, but some people like you know what I mean. Like it, it's it's like. Have you ever been driving with your GPS on and it's giving you like a completely route that you know is not right? Yeah. Like the line goes across like a gr there's not even a road there. Like right. the line goes across like a, a field. There's not even a road. <laughs> well, obviously you have to stop paying attention to the data. Yeah. Like you have to like ignore the computer and you have to just look like what's happening. Like there's no road there. 
So yeah. I have to turn left here because like you have to just figure it out now. You're you have to, you know, it goes back to Star Wars with Luke turning off his targeting computer and using the force. <laughs> right? That's a metaphor. Like sometimes you just have to go, you know what? I know what everybody fucking tells me. I'm supposed like I know what the numbers are and I read all the studies and stuff, but like right, right now I just gotta do some all protein days. Dude. Something's gotta happen. You said a term the other day, a couple few weeks ago, and it, it sums this up perfectly is spreadsheet bodybuilding there comes right. a point that you have to go beyond that yeah like the mirror is like you know what i mean yeah like just remember like a guy like nasser el somebody he 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 said many times that he never had his body fat checked once ever. yeah yeah did you ever have your body fat checked so i think i've been calipered like twice in my whole life and that wasn't like to gauge like oh we got to check my body fat so that i can decide what to do with the diet you're no, probably like oh dude some... i'm shredded like i'm gonna see right no no it oh, wasn't okay. it was both both times were just somebody had a caliper and they're oh. like let's see how fat ron is yeah yeah right so like i remember i got calipered in australia when i was like 19 yeah someone did like a 11 point caliper on me right and they told me i was 13 percent body fat okay and then um I did, I remember getting calipered at some point when we opened the gym because my buddy had a set and he just wanted to see what I was. And we never did the formula, but he just did the mills, millimeters. And he's like, oh, your millimeters are really low on certain body parts because I'm pretty lean right now. Yeah. But they didn't even give me a percentage. Okay. So when and, you were 19 and you got tested, so that, you know, you're pretty young at that time and you were 13, the, the, the reading said at least. Yeah. Did would you have guessed you were leaner than that or heavier than that or you don't remember? I thought they were going to tell me I was fatter than that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I That's a sign of a hard worker. You know what I mean? That's oh, a sign I of a guy who's yeah. Well, cuz I remember my friend said um he said you got to be 12% all year. Like my one buddy was like got to be 12% or less all year and I came back at 13. He's like, "Ah, you're fat." <laughs> because <laughs> he was amazing. like a stay lean type of guy like abs quads like you got to look good like you got to be able to go to the beach and look good all year right yeah so he's like 12 percent max and i came back at 13 it was yeah. hilarious yeah you know we had a question about uh dealing with bloat uh i don't remember where it is offhand but it takes me back to something you said on an early episode, I wasn't on it. Uh, so I'm sitting here watching it and I literally just busted out laughing. You're like, the question was like, you know, how do I deal with being bloated in the off season? And you're like, yeah, I remember being bloated in the off season. That was for about 15 years straight. <laughs> you know, on that it's note. It's true. Yeah, on that note, man, can you can you talk a little bit about that? Because there, I had a whole conversation with a client uh, maybe a few weeks ago. It was interesting because we worked together several times, and he'd he'd comment to me and he'd be like, "Hey, I want to get in shape. You know, I want to get as lean as I can." We'd diet him down, and then he'd be like, "Okay, thanks. I'm gonna go do my thing. You know, peace out." And he'd come back later another time, and be like, "Hey, I want to get in shape again." So we got into this ritual of getting in shape. Well, we got him into really good shape and he kept going. So we went into an off-season push and we we were 10, 12 weeks in and he was like, okay, now I want to get shredded. 
And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. We haven't really grown yet. You know, we haven't really made much progress yet. And he was like, well, to me, it's more important that I can just be lean. I want to look good on my vacations. You know, he's not a competitor. But I, I do think it's important because to me, I thought it was just something we, we had an understanding of. It was almost my, it was my fault that I, I didn't tell him like, hey, to, to really grow muscle, it's going to take time. We'd been right, doing this right, a long right. time. I just assumed I'd known him for a few years. He listens to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was something that I didn't communicate with him apparently properly. I think it's something that's important that maybe new listeners might understand. I mean, there's that delaying the gratification, right? In order to really, really make changes, how long do you think it takes to really grow muscle, to, to make a difference? Well, I mean, I mean, a younger bodybuilder can get a lot out of a year, like just a full year of off season. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So a lot of times after people do their first show, I'm like, I'm like, you need at least a full year. Like, don't do another show. Like, you you want to make changes, right? Yeah. And I've been very, with certain people that have come to me, I've been very clear, like, like you need to take a couple years. Like, if, because it depends on how serious, right? It depends on what the person's goals are. If their goals are, hey, I just want to compete for fun. Yeah. I want to see if I can, you know, do well in the middleweights. You know, I want to, you know, this or that, right? Hey, I want to try it, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you get in the best shape you can and all that. But, I mean, if your goal is to win, win, literally win. And last time you got fifth, what's the sense in rushing into another show, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're getting like, if you're getting seconds and thirds and seconds and close calls and stuff like that, you might want to do a show two months later or six weeks later or, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, like, like to really make a significant difference to like move up in the placings a lot, it's like, you know, you need a good year to put on like between five and 10 pounds of actual hamburger, like stage weight. Yeah. You know, I like to think like take five pounds of hamburger and just pack it on your body. Yeah. I say the you, same you, thing, you, man. I say I use that bigger. same analogy. Yeah. <clears throat> like real stage weight, you know, you're noticeably bigger. Yeah. So that's what it, you want to do. You can easily put on, you know, 10, 15 pounds of, of, you know, scale weight but that might not transfer translate into a lot, you know what I mean? After yeah, you know, ten weeks of of an off season. So, how did your buddy do? You mentioned your buddy stayed lean all the time. Some people they have no problem staying lean all the time, and they still grow. oh that yeah 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 that's my buddy John. He yeah. he turned pro. He did the Olympia in 03, John Davy. Yeah, from Australia. Yeah, so he he was like a pro, but he was okay. one of those guys that looked good all year. Like he, you know. You know, he's in there, you know, they all have tans all year and everything. Those Aussie bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I've seen some of those guys. They get really shredded. They I don't know. I feel like when I think of when I think of Australian bodybuilders, I, I think of some really peeled guys. I mean, I'm sure they're not all peeled, but at least the ones that listen to our show, man, they're like some of the most hardcore guys there are. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of hardcore guys down there. It's it's good. It's good. Oh, my camera just did the flicker that you hate. You saw it. You saw it this yeah. time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I, I ordered a new adapter, so we'll see if that's it. Okay. Yeah. We, I, we finally I had, had somebody good... comment about it. They were like, it looks like Ron's oh, on the okay. Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's my effect. I have an effect on. Yeah, I yeah. had a question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. 
I got it in my question thing that I put up, my box. Yes. You got it in your box. Yeah. What's in the box? Okay. Um, seven. Did you get that? Yes. Okay. Favorite Hollywood muscled up movie from the 80s. Oh, God. There were so many of them, man. We used to have good so role models many. back then, you know, growing up. Role yeah, models that taught us man. to be Jack, take steroids, you know? Yes. <laughs> be Jack, shoot machine guns. Yeah, yeah. You know, Run solve everything. Gear. Yeah. Solve everything with violence. <laughs> man, I think... Uh, revenge uh, is a virtue. Yeah. Yeah, you, oh, you got to get good revenge, you know, even if oh, it costs you everything, revenge, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. And you get shot in the process. Um, Rambo <laughs> is right up there. You know what I mean? Oh, man, I was going to say Rambo. Were you? It's funny because, yeah, because I thought about this this morning. Because First Blood, if you watch First Blood again, which I actually recently did. Yeah. First Blood's like, it's more of a drama. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? With like, action in it. But it's it's a little more of a drama. Like, there's more of a, a, a story of, like, him, you know, the, the grizzled, you know, semi- mentally ill vietnam vet <laughs> right you know and uh but then rambo is just like straight up action movie oh yeah yeah you know yeah by the time rambo they got to part two right yeah, by that yeah, point yeah, yeah. they had like the um the, like he became a cliche of himself almost you know what i mean yeah you know he had the bandana and the bow with the explosive tips yeah, oh yeah you know? blew that guy up yeah, yeah. boom that was like yeah, the VHS good. days where you could like put that back and hit the slow motion button. You know what I mean? And also too, uh, one of my favorite Arnold movies by far. It's one of the best ones for one liners. It's one of the best ones for the, he looks great in it. Like, you know, it's like real Arnold era is okay. commando. Oh, commando. commando. He had that, like that paint on his face, you know, the, uh, the commando stripes. is top shelf. Arnold yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It that was is, good. That yeah, was good. Commando's a great one. That's one of my favorite ones. And you got her also, it's a little weird because Alyssa Milano's in it, but she's like a little girl. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's just like weird. You see it now, you're like, oh, wow, that's like so weird. That was even before she was even on TV, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. I keep thinking, you know what movie I really liked was Total Recall. Oh, Yeah. It, it's not one yeah. that you think of when you think of like what was the best, uh, you know, Arnold movie ever. But I just remember really enjoying that movie and the the spins to it, the the whole sci-fi element. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Remember the scene where he pulls the tracker out of his nose? I do. Yeah, that was classic. Yeah, that was. I remember seeing that and being like, oh man. Yeah, that was good. You watch it now and it's kind of funny, right? Because like, oh yeah, you know, the effects are and. And another great one is uh, what's the one? Um, blow off some steam, Bennett. Running Man. Oh, you know what? I don't even know if I ever saw Running Man. To be honest. Oh man! Oh, Running Man's great. Running Man's got like a video game feel because okay. you know he's got these different guys he's got to get by. It's like yeah. you know, it's in the future and it's like a twisted TV show where they take a criminal and they put him on like a death death maze. Okay. And there's different guys along the way that try to kill him. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's like a dystopian future show, but every character is like really cheesy in it. You know what I mean? It's good. A lot of one-liners. Oh, yeah. You, you know, Arnold is, we just saw 
a new there's a we didn't watch we well we watched part of the first episode. Arnold is in a new Netflix series. Did you hear that? Yes, yes. It's uh called Fubar. Yes. Have you checked it out at all? I watched a trailer and I mean I'm gonna check it out. I mean it looks like it's you know, it looks like it's a bit of a cheesy comedy drama. Yeah, yeah, there's like some campiness to it. It doesn't get like, <laughs> yeah, too hard or heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not super serious. Mm-hmm. It sort of has a bit of a true lies vibe to it. Okay. You know, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's 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 what he actually said. Oh, really? Yeah, cuz when we were talking to him at that meet and greet that I got to go to, mm-hmm. um I actually asked him what his favorite movie ever was that that he made. That he made. And he said, True Lies. No kidding. He said, he thinks, he goes, I think True Lies is like the best movie that I made for like the quality of the script and this, the, the, you know, the team that was on the movie. And I guess he got to work with the he's good friends with Tom Arnold. So he said it was like nothing but laughs the whole time because it like yeah. just a really good experience. And then he said that the new show had like a True Lies vibe because, you know, he's a CIA agent and, you know, all this that kind of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, I watched like we might have watched like the first thirty minutes of the first episode, and we just kind of lost interest. And we're like, yeah, maybe we'll come back to this later. But it wasn't okay. Like, there was some action in the beginning, and then it kind of like slows down, and then the story starts building. But I, yeah. yeah, yeah, we might come back to it. You'll have to let me know if you watch well, that. You got to be prepared for a setup episode. You know, yeah, you do some setting up. Yeah, you do. So. They got to establish the father daughter dynamic. I guess is probably what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is. Yeah, okay. you're actually that was We've pretty much what was happening. That. Right. Let's just get yeah, to the yeah. shooting and all of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I want death. I want revenge. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to revenge, Scott. I got a few here. I don't know what what we have listed. By the way, I should tell everybody, guys, if you want to take part in the next show, then comment. We'd love to have your questions on everything, bodybuilding, off topic, supplements, training, anything else you guys want to talk about. But uh, Nick left us one. I haven't even read it ahead of time. I just literally read the fact that it said question for the next episode. So I'm going to grab it. All right. He said uh, question for the next episode. When I load plates on the. Oh, yeah. On the lower pin of the leg press at my gym, the weight feels heavier than when I load the top pins. Any reason for this or doesn't matter where I load the weight. Also, when training legs, I find it difficult to connect with or feel my quads through movements like squats and leg press, particularly when I'm lifting a heavier weight. Other than dropping the weight and slow down the reps, do you guys have any other tips that would help me uh, build that connection in my quads? Great, great connection in my hams, which makes sense to me then, you know, and they usually end up sore even when I don't do uh, ham focused movements in my workout. Huh? Well, first of all, just. I wish he had a picture of his leg press, but I'm envisioning yeah. a normal like 35 or 45 degree leg press with a sled on it that just moves in a linear fashion. Yeah. If that's the case, then the pegs make no difference. Higher yeah. or lower pegs. If there's pegs out the sides and then pegs on the top or something, there's no difference. The weight is moving on the same strength curve. It's all about the curve of the weight. So if it's a swing arm leg press, like there is a prime plate loaded leg oh, press. Oh, they have one now? Where you, yeah, where you can actually, you know, move the move the one 
uh, you know, the, the one part so that, you know, it's either top loaded or bottom loaded. You know what I mean? That's what my leg press does. My Nautilus leg press. Yeah. Yeah. Yours has a tilting platform. So it sort of ergonomically reduces ankle flexion. Yes. Doesn't? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be, an, you know, that would feel different because you have two different sets of pegs on yours too, right? Yeah. 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 Yours, <clears throat> yours definitely has that sweep to it. But if it's just a straight rail, like if it's on a rail, no, the pins don't matter. Yeah. I didn't figure that out on my leg press for a while. And if you just load up the bottom um, pegs, it will just level you. Like it just like right. just drops you. So it's finding yeah. a balance between the bottom and the top. And it's a heavy leg press. You know, it's not like, like the Cybex leg press where you're literally like loading up 10 plates on each side until you can't fit more, you know, and then you have to make it hard. It's like this, you like, even at my best, I was getting like seven plates per side and that was a brutal set. Um, I mean, still 10, 12 reps, but yeah, it, I would load up just the bottom pegs for like the first three months of owning it and it would just crush me and I couldn't figure it out. And I said, you know what? And I switched it to just the top and it was completely different. So, but yeah, right. in most cases, what do you think of his, uh, his situation with legs? Because I find a lot of people to have the opposite issue, you know, especially guys who've been at it for a while, a lot of guys who say have some experience and some level of development, they come to me and they have good quads, but they don't get the hamstring activation, but he's got the opposite. He's, he's, he's ham dominant. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I do want to make sure that there's a little bit of caution taken with some of this stuff. I think some people uh, think they're supposed to feel things mm. uh, more than they are actually supposed to. Like, um, yeah, you want to be in, you want to be able to feel your quads. Obviously, maybe he does have a deficit there where he needs to um, you know, <clears throat> make that better. But also, too, there's a lot of sets where you're just blindly pushing as hard as you possibly can with every single bit of your body yeah and and on those reps you're not thinking about where you're feeling things like if you're mechanically set up right then the tension will go there and you don't need to like always be thinking about it like sometimes you're just thinking smash this rep yeah. you know what i mean you're not you're not thinking you know about like okay let's feel this um because there's a there's 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 a certain amount that you just have to believe in your mechanics you know you can't you don't want to have to think about it all the time right so um he just has to i think he probably would benefit from just making sure that he's putting his feet in like a you know a more quad um effective position getting really good depth lots of knee flexion get his ankle flexion up warm up his calves make sure he can bend his foot back a long way so he can squat deep with like a quad focus and and you know make sure he's sinking the leg presses and keeping the hips set and and just making sure his execution is mechanically set up for tension in the quads and then he doesn't have to like i guess quote unquote worry about it so much yeah you know and it'll come over time but yeah i mean reduce the weight like get full range of motion, control it all, you know, and then just believe in your mechanics and train really hard, you know? I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that sometimes we can miss. And I've had 
I've had clients I've had that conversation with where they're like, well, I don't, I lose the connection. I don't feel the connection in my hamstring, for instance. And I'm like, well, if you're, if you're using this movement, if you're doing, you know, this movement, as long as you're not feeling it like, like a, if we're doing a, um, a stiff leg, as long as you're not like lifting it with your back, then we're getting your, your hamstrings are doing something. As long as you're not throwing your back out, like yeah, they're activating, yeah. it's all working in a chain. We're not surgically using just one muscle. And yeah, if you go light, you can kind of like keep that mind muscle connect. And I think people are a little bit too worried about that. Same with rows that people are like, yeah. well, I lose the connection in my lat, you know, if I, if I pull too far and it's like, well, it is important to build that connection and understand it but you put it really well, you have to get to a point where then you rely on that muscle working in the chain, the way your body was designed to work. It wasn't designed to just lift one muscle at a time. If you're doing a compound movement, you're using multiple right. muscles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, every, like I remember Dorian saying that he never thought about back, like he never thought about lower back, upper back, lats mm. hopper lats lower lats he just thought about his back as just one thing huh. i have to make all the muscles on my back move through full ranges of motion you know he he didn't think like oh, i got upper back day with day i remember him talking about that he's like you're just train your whole back with big movements like yeah. overload your back your back will grow as one like he was <laughs> he was really big on that you know but um, but yeah, you got to believe in your mechanics, you know, think about like, you know, how mechanics like, you know, biomechanics is math. It is, you know, and, and numbers don't change numbers. Don't like if your feet are here and your hips mm. are here, the tension's going to focus on, on your quad. There's nothing that can really change that. Another great quote, uh, uh, Lane Norton I remember he had, he said something, oh, you're all worried about whether your glutes are activating on your squats. I got news for you. If you're squatting down and standing back up, your glutes are activating because if they didn't, you'd fall over. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you're squatting. That's all the evidence you need that your glutes are activating. Yeah. You know, the rest of it is a biomechanic nuance, moving things around, but they're, they're working. I guarantee they're firing. Like people have this idea, like they're not firing. Like if you stuck in uh, a, you know, a muscle, uh, um, innervation, you know, test needle in the muscle, it would just say nothing, but no, it's, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. People, I think get a little too hung up on activation. Now I um, wonder, or so being concerned with it, like this guy's particular situation. Um, so if we were working together, I would want to obviously see video, you know, of what he was doing. Yeah. What is his stance? We're all like? talking. Yeah. Right. Cause like, cause like you said, you know, where's his foot positioning? I think that's a factor. I know that when I first started squatting, I felt comfortable taking a wide stance. And then the heavier I went, the wider that stance got. And then before you know it, like my feet are like all the way out as far as they can be in the rack, you know, because I'm trying to squat three and a half plates and that's what I needed to do to do it comfortably. I retooled that learning to squat with about a shoulder width stance and I had to go much right. lighter. In fact, I used body weight to relearn that. And then I built from there and from there I was able to build some quads. I do wonder, cause we run into issues like, you know, you see a guy who has like the craziest, there's always, you know, we talked about gym stereotypes, once in a while, you see trap guy. 
he's all traps. You know what I mean? You see yeah. that guy? There's yeah. no shoulders, no nothing else, maybe some pecs, but traps are like the most incredible thing on his body. Um, usually that guy doesn't have as good as shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times we, we, we're using the traps when we're trying to do lateral raises. And and, yeah. and the, the same thing is true. Like I've seen, um, you know, we have really good shoulders, but then not a good chest. You know, you get a muscle that just wants to take the load and whatever he's doing in his squat, he's setting it up so that his hamstrings will take the load. And I think that yeah. there could possibly be a shift in there in his stance that, you know what, though, if he shifts that stance, he's not going to be nearly as strong as he was. Right. Because, our, you know, our body wants to move the weight. So if we're trying to move that weight, we're going to try to do that with the muscles that we're strongest with. So if your hams and glutes are real strong, then sure, they're going to want to do that work. How do you put yourself into a position where the quads are working harder? It might take lightening up the weight because he was like can you do can you yeah. have any suggestions besides lightening the weight i don't want to i don't want to do all that but he might need to because his quads are obviously not as strong as his hamstrings are maybe he needs to retool that yeah so one rule that i always followed was i don't know even remember who said this but okay. uh i got this from somewhere and it always just made oh yeah okay that's that's a rule the joint that moves the most will do the most work. So if you think of your hip flexion and your okay. knee flexion, if at the bottom of your squat, your hip is, let's say, 45 degrees, okay, right? But your femur and upper leg are 90 degrees, then that means your hip is bent more than your knee. So your glutes are doing more work. Ah, uh, okay. So you have to shift your stance so that your knee flexion is more than your hip flexion. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you your quads are doing more of the work. So that's like the kind of the rule that I think in my head. You know, the joint that has the biggest range of motion has to experience the most you know the most yeah. drive so. i found to get that what i needed to do was put plates under my heels initially and i know they make the, the the platforms now you know but that allowed me to bring my stance in tighter and begin working directly like more into the quad quad focused squat i wonder too what do you yeah. think about like the, the like the pre-fatiguing you know i used to I used to try to do like extensions and then go into my compound movements. Yeah, I I don't want to like spew bullshit, but I remember I was talking to somebody about this and they said that um, from everything, all the data they'd looked at, if you did say your leg extensions, yeah, like, did, did your extensions and then, you know, later you went to your, you know, the leg press. Um, your quads would be more exhausted and uh, you wouldn't have to use as much weight to get the most out of your quads, yeah, right? which is a right. benefit for older guys. But they said that if you did it in a superset, if you did the extensions first yeah. and then hopped right on the leg press while your quads have technically just failed, right? Okay. Or come close to failure. 
Right. What happens is your body sends way more neural drive to your glutes. Oh, because it's like, oh, crap, my quads are fried. Interesting. So it actually, huh. yeah, so it could actually be a tool huh. to hit a, a muscle group. Like you could, you know, theoretically, you could like fry your triceps on a set of pushdowns and then bench press and your body would send more neural drive to your pecs. Huh. So a guy with weak pecs could actually use that as a strategy. Weird. I never I heard really that like, before. I can't remember who told me that, but I was like really fascinated. Yeah. And I sort of thought, you know, that actually kind of, I remember I used to do cable crossovers yeah. and then I dropped to the floor and do pushups. Yeah. And I remember thinking every time, man, my triceps get fucking pumped from that. And I'm not trying to train. Uh, them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing chest. But when you drop to do the pushups, your chest is They're, fried. So your triceps just drive everything and they get like rammed. Yeah. And I didn't, and I remember thinking like, I'm not trying to train my triceps. They're getting so pumped doing these pushups, like crazy pumped. Yeah. And so that's kind of, I've sort of thought, hey, this might make sense. Weird. I know uh, yeah. Jean-Pierre Fuchs, he talked about, you know, and he had crazy legs. He talked about getting on an exercise bike and just like going all out. I can't remember for how long, but for minutes, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's like just crank, 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 and then get off and go straight to the squat bar. Right. That's just, that's insane, man. Like one cardio yeah skill then loading with cardio after that that would be a brutal one yeah yeah i i uh i remember doing the mike menser hit so that was like you know a 45 pound plate pinned to the leg extension stack yeah. for you know a set of 10 with a forced rep and then get right under the smith bar and squat <laughs> four plates for wait like what did you start with reps what do you mean? What was it? You, you can you say it again? Yeah, like extensions. Oh, extensions like pinned to the okay. stack. Yeah, yeah. You know, like for you know a, a, a failure set with a forced rep, and then hop under the Smith bar with four oh five and do a set of like six reps. Yeah, you know, and and be just smoked after. But back then, when I used to do that, like those were in my like early days when I was like really experimenting with heavy duty and different dorian like dorian had a few earlier splits too that i did and so yeah i was having a lot of fun training like that but that was one of menser's heavy duty splits was leg extensions and then smith machine squats and they were was like back to back sets. back to back and like massive failure heavy weight both on both you know what i mean so that's what what i was doing for a little while you know? i did leg press about 12 i think it was 12 reps to failure like not not hard failure you know just 12 reps and then when i was about to fail you know then stop immediately get up and then go to a heavy squat for six reps right that was yeah. tough yeah. i remember i saw a video of myself doing that and i i got 315 for six and i was like god that would i remember just how hard that was too because your legs are just so oh, cooked yeah. you know yeah 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 i remember i it was it's funny i was like I was squatting four plates in high school, right? Yeah. So, um, like, I was a four-plate squatter for a long time when I was young. Like, my whole early, like, I got to four plates pretty quickly, and I could squat it for reps, like, you know, any day of the week, right? And um, so, I remember, like, I think about how that would crush me now, doing a set of extensions <laughs> for failure, and yeah, then trying yeah. to squat four plates. Like, yeah, I can't even get, if I do an ex you know, set of extensions to failure, it's like, I can barely squat down with my body. Yeah. 
you know, I can't imagine. Hey, kind of follow up here. It, it's semi-related because we're talking about leg training. Um, somebody's asking your opinion on the V squat. And then they said compared to the hack squat. What do you think of the V squat, though? So the, the V squat, technically, like, that's a hammer machine. They make the hammer V squat. There's other machines that people might call a V squat because they're similar or whatever. But the V squat is actually the hammer one. Which is the, you know, it's like you got the pads on the shoulders and it's on like a, a hinge arm. Yep. Does everybody know that machine? Oh, yeah. Do you want to put it up maybe? Do you yeah, want, I'll find one. On screen? I'll find one. Yeah, hammer hammer V-squat. Throw yeah. one up. We'll do Damn. a little uh, equipment thing. V-squat right. and then find a pad. Yeah. He's got it. All right. I got gotcha. you. And then also find a pad. Pull up an Atlantis power squat too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Pull pull this one up. So yeah, the hammer V squat. Um, I mean, I've used it before. My the gym I trained at had one when I was competing, and I used it, you know, fairly frequently. You know, like maybe every second, third leg workout, I'd use it. Usually as a finisher, sometimes to start with. Um, it's not the best squat machine. Um, that's the hammer V squat. Um. It's not my favorite squat machine. I mean, you know, we used it because it was it was it was pretty good. But uh, one of the things is uh, every like if you're big and strong, you can fill it up no problem. Yeah. So like you know, I remember we had it full, and then we had to put bands on it and shit. And we were trying to figure out a way to put a bar across the back so we could put more weight on it. And, <laughs> yeah, there's stuff like that. So we max it out pretty easy. But that's what a V squat is. So you know, I'd rather have a hack squat if I went to a gym and they had. You know, a hack squat, I'd be happier. Here's the hack squat that I have in the basement. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's the exact one I have. Dude, it is so heavy. It's not a hack squat that you can um, that you can load. It's not like an ego uh, lifting uh, machine. No, 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 no. I would be interested. I would love to get a, like a good pro-level bodybuilder over here and see what they use. Like, get someone like Nate Spear is really strong. I, I'd love to have Nate over for a workout and see what he does with this thing. See if he can get up to, you know, six, seven plates. Because I'm telling you, even right. two plates on this thing, it gets heavy fast. Unloaded, yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, yeah. maybe Body Masters, maybe that's just a really heavy sled. But that's a great hack. Yeah. But yeah, you can you can get a lot more out of a hack, I think. I think so. I think, um, I think nowadays, hack was really popular for a while, and now... Uh, at least for a while, their pendulum squats were, became very popular. Like that was the jam that every like if you were a good gym, you wanted to get a pendulum squat in there for your guys. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah, Are they yeah, still yeah. as popular as they were a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone's ordered ordering one now. I mean, w- we got one a little ahead of the curve. Like we had one, you know. I mean, we bought it off a gym that closed. But okay. not everyone had one when we got ours, which was like, you know, four years ago. Yeah. And it's funny how many gyms have gotten pendulums in the last four years. Like, it's crazy. They made thousands of them and pumped them out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> probably probably a million pendulum squats sold in the last four years around the world. Dude, I you know? saw one a couple of years ago on Facebook Marketplace. It was there. For, it, it, the guy wanted like $500 for it. And it was gone yeah, within they were, minutes. So... Paramount, I, I I don't know who made the very well, and it was a Paramount. You know, there was a there was a yeah there was a bunch of swing squats like there was a bunch of swing squats with like plates on both sides and that sort of thing and then and I, but then I remember Paramount made like that pendulum squat 
yeah. as far as I know, that was like the first, like that style, like, you know, that's, that we're talking about now, the yeah. single arm and you put, you know, put plates behind the head, you know, that one. Um, so Paramount made that one. And I remember it was like a super cool piece, but it wasn't like a huge hit. Like they no. didn't make a million of them or anything. And then they were kind of rare. Like you wouldn't see a lot of them. Yeah. And, uh, and then they just like, I, I mean, it's probably, I, I wonder how much of it was dusty, like <laughs> dusty. He, he would have had some to do with it. I'm sure he, he did on the pendulum. He was yeah. like a way ahead of the curve, right? That Jimmy trained at had a pendulum and they were just smashing that thing on, yeah. on, on social media. Yeah. And, uh, and they, I don't know. And then a lot of other people, you know, the collectors and stuff. And you know how Instagram just changed things, people sharing their pictures and video, you know, it just, just changed everything. Yeah. And it's funny what the pendulum squad did. Cause it was like a dead relic for a while. Like if you saw a pendulum, you're like, Oh wow. They got one of these old things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there wasn't even anyone manufacturing one. Really? Like a long time. I don't remember. There's, I don't know. Like, are, is there such thing as a 2005 pendulum squat? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what year Paramount, you know, quit making them and what year Atlantis started making theirs, you know, like who knows? There's going to be a gap in there somewhere. Yeah. Cause you didn't see them for a while. Like they were not a thing. No, no, they weren't. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I'll tell you what, I feel like you're, I, I can tweak my lower back if I'm not careful with a hack squat and you're not going to do that yeah. with a pendulum squat. You know, it's just not going to happen. So I'm trying to reduce spinal load. Yeah. doing I'm doing everything I can to reduce spinal load. I think compression has caused me some issues and I'm just trying to minimize what I do to my spine. That makes sense. Um, so I've been, I've been belt squatting a lot. Okay. Yeah. And, um, People ask me all the time what my favorite belt squat is. And um, I've used a bunch of them. And honestly, like we have the Atlantis and I really like it. Like it's awesome. And when I go to use other belt squats at other gyms now, I, I always feel like they're just, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm just so used to the Atlantis now that the other belt squats just don't feel the same. But I love it. I use it all the time. Um, I don't put any bars on top of my back anymore. Okay. And um, I still hack squat though, but pendulum is even less spinal load because your hips are a little more flexed. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like you're not like this at the top. You're, you're actually kind of in like a, you know, your hips are, are kind of bent a bit. So there's less load on the spine. It's sort of more like against your back. Well, not only that, um, but it's from the hips down yeah. versus being like a bar on your, the top of your neck. Compressing yeah, just, everything, you know, you know, even though it's still a squat movement, yeah. the, the way the weight loads is almost against your back instead of down on your shoulders. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's interesting, but yeah, it's, it's a very effective machine. And, and I mean, the belt squat and the pendulum, I mean, that's like, it's like my leg workout. <laughs> yeah. Those are, <laughs> those know? are two great ones to use to live on those now avoiding getting hurt. We got a bunch of training stuff, man. We got a we got one here behind Dusty's back. It's a question related oh, no. to Dusty. We can we can talk shit about his training. <laughs> Long live the king. He had said uh you know basically what it comes down to is he says um okay. Um what does perfect form mean to each of you? When I hear see some coaches I interpret it as no muscle moves except for the one that's being targeted. And from others, 
It's uh, the form that makes you feel the targeted muscle the most, regardless of how strict it is. So perfect form, uh, Justin Shire's form, or Dusty's pull form, the bent over rows form. Um, he says, for the record, I prefer Dusty's. Dusty's not even um, Well, yeah. Well, to me, perfect form is Justin Shire. Okay. Like, I really like how he trains. Like, that's, like, we, we even joke, like, you know, we'll go over to the leg curl and, you know, Braden will say something like, it's, you know, it's Justin Shire, this one, you know. He's <laughs> <laughs> turning into, like, he's become a verb. Yeah. We're going to Shire this. We'll just do a Shire set. It's a noun. It's a noun and a verb. That's great. Say, Shire this set. Yeah. No, his form's fantastic, and um, I really like when I see that my clients have watched his video and liked it. Okay. Um, you know that they've I'm been like, influenced. Good. Yeah. Yeah, good. Watch watch him train. That's a great idea. Yeah. Great idea to watch him train. And um, and how Nick's training, too. Yeah. Watch how Nick trains. Like, his form's fantastic. And then there's a video of Hani putting uh, Derek Lunsford through back and calf workout um, that I saw today. And, like, Lunsford's, you know, and rowing and pulling and stuff. And, um, I mean, these are the best bodybuilders on the planet. Like, maybe copy how they train. Now, the ex- the explosive style of Dusty doing those rows, that's an exception. Because if you watch Dusty do, like, 95% of his other exercises, it's the same as those guys doing those 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 exercises. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, his leg press. Dusty's not like that on everything. Yeah, watch squat. him leg press. Watch him... Watch him do tricep extensions. Yeah. Watch him do, you know, he's, he's, he's very strict. Um, so there's a little bit of, uh, there's, there's lots of like, Justin Chire moves things pretty slowly. I'm not saying you have to move them that slowly, but the form is, is to me perfect. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's all explosive stuff is very useful though, especially for, I think, especially for back. Oh, I just got a message from Jim. Oh, yeah. I'm going to send him this uh, this link over really quick. How do I answer this one, man? Perfect form. Because, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, I can't say that Justin's wrong, right? I can't say that Dusty's wrong, you know? Because both well, things no, are Well, no, I don't think they're really different. I, it, it might appear to be different, but the... They're still driving well, with the target muscles and right, right. You know, I mean, Dusty's bent over rows is like, like I said, an exception. Like they're picking like one exercise that he performs differently. But if you watch him like incline barbell press, it's the same. It's like the bar comes down, it goes up, perfect control. It comes down, it goes up. Like it's not like anything's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I think I guess for me, the, the the definition of form is different today. Like I assumed that like so form to me at one point was like just in a textbook, you know, right. That you move weight from point A to point B. You do so in, um, you know, a certain amount of speed. And that's to me what form was. And I guess to me now form is is like connecting with what you're trying to do, you know, because in both cases, well, both, yeah. you know, like you're, what you're saying, Dusty 
and Justin are both annihilating whatever they're trying to train. You know, they're not they're not letting it get away from that 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 target, the goal. It's not like they're using and it, it's interesting, right. man, because this is a a very different world than 15 years ago. It's like, is this the backlash to lightweight baby? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's it's so funny. That's so funny. You know, there was that era where it was lightweight baby. And, yeah, and, and it's and it's shifted. But this also goes to the argument that I've seen a few people make. Is um, I've I've seen an argument from several people. They're like. Um, everyone's trying to find the perfect way to train and they're forgetting that all you need to do is overload the muscle. Yeah. So that's you're, you're forgetting. So like two people can have different form, but if they're both overloading the muscle with that form, then the result will be adaptive response in the tissue. And, you know, you're, 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 you're making this too complicated. And that form is actually way overrated. I, I saw one quote from a, uh, one, one person. They said that form is way more important for athletic application than for hypertrophy. So if you're teaching someone an athletic skill yeah. or an athletic movement, then form is absolutely crucial because they're doing maybe like for example backflips and and you know gymnastics and you know olympic weightlifting where they're trying to lift absolutely maximal loads so they have to get the physics correct and all that stuff but they said for actual hypertrophy all you have to do is overload the tissue to fatigue yeah your form can actually your form can actually suck but if you do enough reps with enough weight the tissue will get overloaded so you know what I mean? That was the argument. The argument that was all, of all the different types of weight training, form matters the least for hypertrophy. Hmm. As long as like, you don't get huh. hurt. I think that's the key, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit yeah. the but target were, muscle, were, don't yeah. get hurt. <laughs> Overload the target muscle, don't get hurt, right? So that was like, if, as long as it's within those parameters, you can get results. When I was like, well, it kind of makes sense, right? Like you might have to crank load to get the overload, because you know your form sucks like if you had better form you could use less weight still get the overload you know like so it's like the risk benefit thing and you know what i mean but for actually causing the hypertrophy it doesn't matter much and i was like huh that's an interesting take yes what do you think of that i think we've got jim in the green room so we should wrap this thing up and uh okay say thank you to our our saturday viewers and and then bring jim in let's do it okay so like share subscribe comment and ring the bell and thank you guys for tuning in for the saturday edition sorry we didn't have dusty with us uh but you know we're always glad to hang with you guys yes much appreciated remember i am mutant.com use my code big ron 20 20 percent off no dusty 20 this not week. not today no dusty 20 today okay we got we got to do the other show that you're going to see before this one we're going back in time adios remember it's just bodybuilding